If you're stuck in your sermon prep, this episode is for you. It is so common to hit roadblocks in your sermon prep, to have writer's block, to just get bogged down, to be out of creative juices, to have nothing left to say, to wonder how is this all going to come together by Sunday. If that is you, if you're experiencing that, this episode is for you. We're going to go through 16 different things, 16 different practical actions that you can take to get unstuck in your sermon prep. This is the Preaching Donkey Podcast. My name is Lane. I am your humble host. It is so awesome to be having you on the show today. By the way, I have something really cool coming next week. So keep your eye out for a training that I'm going to do on leadership and particularly how to connect your leadership to your preaching to maximize both. If you're interested in that, make sure that you're on my email list so that you don't miss out on that. It's going to be a free workshop. You're going to love it. You can go to preachingdonkey.com slash 21 days to pick up my free 21-day guide to creating killer sermons, and that will put you on my email list so you won't miss out on the free training. So again, preachingdonkey.com slash 21 days. You'll get the free guide to creating killer sermons, and you'll also get notified when it's time for the workshop. Again, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about something so cool. How to connect your leadership to your preaching to maximize both. And I'm actually going to be talking about five different key pillars of strategic church leadership that are missed by so many and are usually not connected to preaching, so they're ineffective. And I'm going to tell I'm going to tell you all about what I mean by that and why it's so vital. It's going to be awesome. You're going to love it. So, preachingdonkey.com/21days to make sure that you are subscribed so you don't miss out on that. All right, 16 things you can do this week to get unstuck in your sermon prep. This is an article I wrote in June of 2015, and I can't wait to share it with you. Do you ever get stuck in your sermon prep? Do you ever get into a sermon prep rut? I do. Sometimes the sermon comes together like a beautifully crafted work of art, but other times I struggle to make progress in my study. If you're a pastor, like this is not news. <laughs> this is every pastor I've ever met. This is me. This is anybody who's ever tried to write a sermon on any kind of regular basis or week to week to week. It's hard to break out of sermon prep stuckness. I've learned a few things that help me overcome these stuck times, and I want to share them with you. So here's 16 things you can do this week to get unstuck in your sermon prep. Number one, put away your study materials and pray for 10 minutes about nothing but your sermon. Preaching is supernatural work, and prayer reemphasizes in your own heart that you are utterly dependent on God to empower you to preach effectively. So sometimes what I find is that I will be in the midst of sermon prep and realize that I haven't dedicated the proper amount or the proper uh, amount of time to just pray about the message to pray about how I'm going to deliver the message, to ask God to give me the words to say, to ask God to make this study come alive, to ask God to point me to the right materials, to uh, the right place in the text, to a certain word, to something that will draw out exactly what he wants me to say. By putting away all your material, you're not looking at your screen, you're not trying to think about what you're going to say, you're just praying about it. It can work wonders. Number two, Read the text five times slowly. It's amazing how quickly we tend to move away from the text to study materials and sermon formation. Put away everything else and just read the text multiple times, letting it speak to you. And this is also helpful to not just read the text five times, but 
Maybe listen to it, turn your Bible app on and have it read it to you. Maybe listen to it in a different translation than what you normally preach from. And then maybe read it again, maybe read it while you're listening to it. There's just something about listening to or reading that passage multiple times, separate from trying to turn it into a sermon that can help you. Number three, open the voice memo app on your smartphone, hit record, and start preaching whatever you have so far. This is my favorite method, by the way. You may find that speaking the words helps you formulate them better or in a different way than writing. What I love about this is typically, and this is very helpful if you are not just someone who learns by reading, but you are an auditory learner, you might also be an auditory developer. What I mean is that some people can just read the words, put them on their screen, and make a sermon, get up and preach it. I tend to work my thoughts out loud. (laughs) I tend to work my thoughts out by speaking them. So by taking my phone and just recording what I have so far, what comes to mind, typically new ideas emerge. The sermon starts to formulate because I treat it like I'm preaching it. It's just not complete yet. Then what I do is I go back to that recording and I listen to it. And things that kind of came to life during that recording when I was speaking into my smartphone voice memo app, I write it down and it becomes part of my sermon prep. Number four, run your content by someone else and see what they think. This can be done informally with a friend or fellow pastor. I explain how to make this part of your regular sermon prep and my guide to preparing sermons in a team, which you can see in a previous episode where it's called Why Everyone Needs a Preaching Team, The Complete Beginner's Guide. But basically, just breaking away from your study and asking a friend, someone who knows you, knows the church, has some valuable input, hey, what do you think so far? That can break you out of your stuckness because they can give their ideas as well. Number Five, take a break from studying for a while and come back to it later. If your mind is foggy, walk away from it for a while. Think about something else. Do completely unrelated work for a few hours. For me, I find that mowing the lawn, if it's that season, if it's summer or spring, that's helpful. Just getting out and doing something physical where I'm not staring at my screen, but I'm doing something with my hands, taking a walk, doing something. Then I come back to it later that's helpful. And by the way, that brings up number six, go for a walk, a brisk walk or a run, get your blood pumping and some much needed oxygen to your brain. So put those two together. Maybe you take a break and you go for a walk. Maybe you just take a break and you break away from it for a couple of days if you have the time and then come back. Both of those things can be really helpful. Number seven, when any thought, any thought about your sermon comes to mind during the week, immediately make note of it. Immediately. Never assume you'll remember the amazing insight that comes to you at a random time during the week. When it comes to your sermon, and I've made this mistake enough to not make this mistake anymore. (laughs) If you wake up in the middle of the night for whatever reason, and your mind starts kind of going about the message, and you have this epiphany when you're half awake and half asleep, and you think, oh, I need to make this point. That would really tie in my introduction with my conclusion. That will be awesome. I'll remember it tomorrow because it's such an amazing thought. No, you won't. (laughs) You won't remember it tomorrow. That thought is gone. It is gone. Write it down. I don't care if it wakes you up. Write it down. Put it on your phone. Do something. The next day you can revisit it. It might be trash. It might be garbage, but it might be gold. And if you don't write it down, you'll be kicking yourself because you won't remember either way. 
Number eight, summarize the entire message in one paragraph. Wherever you are in your study, distill the whole message into one paragraph. This will force you to focus and clarify what you're trying to communicate. I love that, one paragraph. Number nine, talk about your content with anyone who will talk about it with you, listen and take notes. This is similar to number four where we talked about the preaching team, but it's different in that you do more listening than presenting. Fish out the idea enough so that you can get them to comment on it and then listen carefully. So what this might look like is you might say something like, hey, this Sunday, I'm talking about forgiveness and specifically where Jesus says, if you don't forgive others, then your heavenly father won't forgive you. What are your thoughts on that? And then let them talk, okay? And you'll get a great idea of how that sits with people. Or you might say, I'm preaching on anxiety in Philippians 4, where Paul says to give your anxiety to God and the peace of God will pass all understanding and guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to talk about that and how I've experienced a lot of freedom when I've done that. Have you experienced that kind of freedom? Do you struggle with anxiety? Do you care to share? And then listen, see what they say. What happens is your mind starts to expand because you're talking to a real person and they're interacting with that truth or with that concept right in real time. That can be very powerful. Number 10, do something kind for another human being. It's amazing how serving someone can get you out of a rut. So this is particularly true if you're just in a creative rut you have no ideas, maybe you're just even a little bit depressed or sad about a situation, go do something, like send a text to a friend, send a, a kind text, give to your favorite charity, go do something for somebody, take your neighbor's trash can back up to their porch or house or whatever, like do something for another person that will help you kind of open up your mind and expand and think about somebody else and it will help. Number 11, Scroll your Facebook newsfeed and read the first three articles your friends posted. Think through how you would use them as supporting material slash illustrations. Even if you don't end up using them, the exercise gets you thinking. So it could be Facebook, could be Twitter, it doesn't matter, but just w go through your social media and see what people are posting and think of it through the lens of how would I turn this into a illustration? How would I use this in my sermon? That can really help you with some creative juices. Number 12, ask a question on social media about something that relates to your sermon. This is a great way to get input from lots of people really quickly. So you go on there and you say, on Sunday, I'm going to be talking about forgiveness. Has anyone ever had to forgive someone where it was really difficult? How did you handle that? It's a way to, good way to do it. Number 13, explain your main points to a child and ask them if they understand. So if you have kids, this is an easy one. If you don't have kids, just find a friend of yours that has kids and say, hey, can I ask your kids a question? The process of making your message understandable to a child helps to simplify it in your own mind. If you can't explain it to a child, you're not ready to explain it to anyone. This is particularly true in that kind of seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 range, that, about that age where they're old enough to start to kind of understand these concepts, but they're not really, they're not in middle school yet, or maybe they're just in middle school. They're in that perfect age to try to figure out, am I making sense to a fourth, fifth grader, third, fourth, fifth grader? And if I'm not, then it's not simple enough for everyone else. Number 14, summarize the entire message in one sentence. This is like number eight, but one step further. So remember in number eight, we just said, let's summarize this in one paragraph. Now we're gonna look at it and we're gonna go one step further 
this sentence usually ends up becoming my main point or my bottom line. So how do you synthesize the entire thing in one sentence? That's really helpful to do in your prep, especially if you're stuck. Number 15, listen to a sermon on the same text. Listen to how some other preachers deal with the text or topic that you're studying. If you end up using their ideas, always give proper credit. So this is a helpful anyway, even if you're not stuck, go listen to what someone else has done. It's like the new commentary. But especially if you're stuck and you're just like, oh, what am I going to write? What am I going to write? What am I going to do? Go find that, search that passage of your favorite preacher, two or three of them. Listen to what they had to say on it. Take notes on stuff that's interesting. That will help you get unstuck. Number 16, check out some helpful posts and podcasts on sermon prep like this one. Go through Preaching Donkey and look up all of what we have on this channel. If you're watching on YouTube or on the podcast, if you're listening on one of the major podcast players about all the different things that we talk about, about how to prepare messages. Those are my 16. What would you add to that? What would you add to that when you are stuck? I would love to hear from you. Again, preachingdonkey.com slash 21 days. That will ensure that you're on my email list and you won't miss out on the workshop that you'll be able to register for next week. Until then, remember if God can speak through a donkey, he can speak through you and he can speak through me. We'll see you next time here at the Preaching Donkey Podcast.